Well, good morning, Sunrise. Welcome on this beautiful Sunday morning. My name is Dan. I'm the worship pastor here. It's just good to be here worshiping with you and singing with you, connecting with God and praying together. Why don't you guys stand with us? I'm going to read as we start out this morning um, a ver- couple verses from Psalm 145 to kind of get us, get us rolling into praise this morning. It says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise, his greatness no one can fathom. So we're going to sing of his praise this morning. We're going to give him all that we are as we worship. We're going to sing loudly this morning. So um, let's do that. And Joe, let's start us off. Let's worship together.
introduce a new song to you guys. Um, I'm a bit excited about this song. It's called Praise You Anywhere. Uh, actually, it's uh, by the same guy who wrote the last song and the song coming up, Brandon Lake. Uh, but this it's a song about trusting in God, having faith in Him, and worshiping Him, even though you may be on the, town, the mountaintop or down in the valley. Whatever circumstance, we can praise Him through those things. Um, kind of just goes along with that Psalm 145 verse that we that we started this service with this morning. So I'm not going to th- spend time teaching it to you. It's a pretty recognizable, kind of repetitive song, so I think you'll catch on pretty quickly. So let's join us with this, singing Praise You Anywhere. Let's do it. Sometimes you gotta dance through the darkness, sing through the fire, praise you when it don't make sense. Sometimes you gotta stare down the giants, worship from the lion's den. Sometimes you gotta shout it from the mountain, louder in the valley, trusting that it's gonna get you there. Sometimes you gotta wait the wonder, wait for the answer, worship with your hands in the air, I'll praise you anywhere, praise, give him praise, give him praise in the highest. 
highest praise, give him praise, give him praise in the highest he is worthy, yes he is worthy of all of the praise. Sometimes you gotta praise in the prison, cry out to heaven, shout it till the doors swing wide. Sometimes you gotta stand on your shackles, brave in the battle, worship with your hands held high. I'll praise you anywhere. Praise, giving praise, giving praise in the highest praise. Giving praise, giving praise in the highest. He is worthy. Yes, He is worthy of all of the praise. Giving praise, giving praise in the highest praise. Giving praise, giving praise in the highest. He is worthy. Yes, He is worthy of all of the praise. And faithful all my life. Blessings day and night, countless reasons why I'll praise you anywhere. Every promise, goodness, every step, each and every breath, I'll praise you anywhere. Faithful all my life, blessings day and night, countless reasons why I'll praise you anywhere. Every promise, goodness, every step, each and every day, I'll praise you anywhere. Praise, giving praise, giving praise in the highest praise. Giving praise, giving praise in the highest. He is worthy. Yes, He is worthy of all of the praise. I'll praise you anywhere. Or valley, I know that you're with me there. I'll praise you anywhere. Thank you. 
except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got one response. I've got just one move. When my arms stretch wide, I will worship you. up your song, cause you've got a lion inside of your tongues, get up and praise the Lord, come on my soul, oh don't you get shy on me, lift up your song, cause you've got a lion inside of up your song, cause you've got a light inside of those arms, get up and praise the Lord, yeah, praise the Lord, yeah. You God, sweet words of you God. Cause you are faithful, Jesus. You are faithful, God. And we praise you. Yes, we praise you. you again and again cause all that I have is a hallelujah hallelujah and I know it's not much but I'm nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah
forever grateful this morning. We're grateful for our health, for your beautiful creation outside. God, we're thankful for joy. We're thankful for peace and your abounding goodness and kindness in our lives. There are countless things that we could be thankful for and grateful for. So God, I just let's just take a few moments to just count those, to recall those and give God thanks and praise for what he's blessed you with, how faithful he's been through your life. are so good. Thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. Uh, we could spend here, spend minutes, we could spend hours just thanking and praising you for what you've done in our lives, for, for healing us of ailments, for um, bringing the relationships into our lives, for getting that A on that test, for um, for that job, for that promotion, for all the things, God. We thank you, praise you for, for just for being with us in our lives and just sitting with us when we need a father just to wrap his arms around us. God, you are love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can take a seat. Good morning, Sunrise. So, daughters of Eve, you're looking good this morning. Sons of Adam, pay attention. (laughs) So, my name is Byron, one of the partner guys around here. And uh, my only claim to fame is being a travel Jedi. And my wiki page says that the Wander Force is strong with me. We're glad you're here. If you're new this morning, and I see some new folks this morning, uh, if you're new and maybe this is your first Sunday, we hope you'll connect with us. A couple of ways to do that. Um, There might be a QR code that shows up up there, but you'll find them around. (laughs) Excellent. So um, it's amazing how those work, but that's a good way to get connected with us. And we have a welcome table out in the lobby with swag, and you want the swag. So uh, if you're not connected with us, please do so, and uh, grab some swag out of the... out of the lobby. And if you're online, we're glad you joined us that way. And there's a QR code or a link in the online thing that you can grab and uh, get connected that way as well. And then a little info and we'll send your swag over the road. So coming up, Pub Theology, Tuesday night, Noah Matthias. He does a great job. And if you haven't experienced that, you'd, you would enjoy it. Um, Light on the pub, 
Late on the theology, but a good time. Because <laughs> it's in his backyard. <laughs> his backyard is not a pub, but we still call it pub theology. So wine and theology for the ladies is coming up. Oh, by the way, pub theology is Tuesday night. Sorry, I missed that. Uh, Tuesday, uh, wine and theology, October 10, a week from Tuesday. As we call it at the Hurt House, wine, women, and song. <laughs> Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about prayer and practicing the presence of God. If you want to be the email list, see Pam Rosema or uh, her email address, prosema at gmail.com. So a couple other things, just looking ahead. We have a food drive coming up, 20th anniversary celebration, chili cook-off, and uh, thankfulness potluck. So... As we continue to talk about prayer in our body of believers, uh, we'd love to be a church that supports one another through prayer. And one of the best ways to do that is for us to be on the prayer prompts list, which you can sign up for. But this Sunday, we're doing something kind of cool. Um, there's a sign up in the lobby to sign up for praying for one of the Sunrise kids. We hope you'll do that. and. Uh, they get a little tag to put on their backpack for school that says they're being prayed for. And that's pretty cool. So hope you can uh, grab one of those and get signed up in that program. One of the ways that we worship is through giving. We sing, we pray, we listen to teaching, but we also give. And we give to support this ministry. We give to support the work that this church does, not only here on Sundays, but all through the week and through our ministries around the world. So we hope that you'll be a part of that. Um, we don't pass a plate or a little bag with handles. Um, it's up to you. Nobody's going to watch. It's just between you and that little voice inside. Okay, that's it. So, kids, get to break out. Go do your thing. All right? And we have three minutes to socialize. So do that. Greet. Say hi to somebody new. All right, everybody. If you could uh, find your way back to your seats. We're going to get rolling. We are going to continuing on our series uh, on prayer today. Uh, the title of the sermon is Prayer as Intercession. And so over the next several weeks, the next three or four weeks, um, actually... Next week, I won't be up here. This is wedding week. And so, yeah, I was like, wait, what? Ah! Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's wedding week. And so Caleb and Alex um, are getting married this Friday. And so we are overjoyed to have the lovely and talented and brilliant Reverend Kelly Stepanek is going to be pinch hitting next Sunday, and so we're looking forward to that. I will be here, probably in the back row like this. I won't. I won't. I'll have a hanky, and I'll be, I'll be waving the hanky. Um, but we're going to be talking about, uh, over the next several weeks, we're going to be uh, preaching sermons that are anchored in the text, but today specifically is a little bit different because it's not what I normally like to do. Today is going to be more of a, of a topical sermon, and so um, we're going to... Um, throw out several verses of scripture, which is not my particular 
I don't enjoy doing that as much, but I'm excited about what God might do through today's message. Because the reality is this, friends. Here's the thing. is that the truth of the matter is that we are all here because somebody prayed for us. We're all here because there was somebody somewhere, right? So we, we know for sure, we've seen the last three weeks that the Lord Jesus himself prayed for us. But if you take just a few minutes to think back, if you are a person who names the name of Christ, who puts your faith in Jesus, the reality is, is that there have probably been multiple occasions where someone has prayed for you. Someone has prayed for you in your presence. Someone has prayed for you when you couldn't pray for yourself. Someone has prayed with you when you accepted Christ. Someone has prayed over you as you experienced following the Lord in baptism. You have been prayed for. This prayer thing, this intercession thing, it's something that many of us are probably very familiar with, right? This, this idea of intercession, prayer as intercession. This is what we do when we gather in a prayer meeting and somebody says, pray for me, dot, dot, dot. And we pray for that person. But intercession is, well, I think it's much more robust than that. It's something that we, we need to to consider what it means to intercede for others because we, my friends, have been interceded for. First Timothy chapter 2, real common verse, but Paul was talking to Timothy. He's, he's sort of laying out... Um, Timothy's responsibility, what it means to, to be a person who follows the calling that God has for, for him. And he says this in chapter 2 before Paul begins to give instructions to Timothy for order of worship in the church, for the choosing and selecting of leaders, for Timothy carrying out the duties of what it means to be a, a minister in a particular setting. And he says this, I urge then first of all that petitions... Petitions, a type of prayer. Uh, th this idea of petition is essentially a plea. It's, it's, it's asking someone to do something for you that you're incapable of doing for yourself. That petitions, that prayers, prayer here, th this overarching term that's used for, for all kinds of, of things that encompasses a person's posture, a person's location, a person's heart attitude, as well as the content of their communication with God. Tells Timothy, I, I urge you that you plead for people who are incapable of pleading for themselves, that you you pray for people, that that, that this overarching idea of prayer is more of a day-to-day -day conversation than it is an event that you participate in, that you're praying for people with your body, with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, with your attitude, as well as the content of what you're bringing to God. Intercession, which is what we're going to be talking about today, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Notice that all people. Now, the Greek word all here um, translates into only people that I like and care about. <laughs> That's not true. It, only tra it translates really to people that agree with me about my theology. No, no, not at all. No, pray for all people. 
he goes on. I'm just going to throw this in there because it's kind of in the context. And it's probably going to be especially meaningful to us over the next, oh, I don't know, year and a half or so of the newest round of elections in these here United States. Thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and for those in authority. I don't care who is the occupant of the governor's mansion or who is the occupant of the big white house on Pennsylvania Avenue. Our job is to pray for those people. Well, Dennis, I didn't vote for him. Person, I don't care. And God doesn't either. Pray for kings and for those that are in authority. Why? That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is a sermon for a different day. But I don't resonate with anything the Apostle Paul says more in my lived experience right now than these last few verses, these last few words. So that you may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Oh my friends, just to be left alone. Right? Somebody that doesn't want something from you. Somebody that isn't constantly trying to get in your wallet. And I'm not talking about the government in, in this instance. I'm talking about my children. Yeah. Right? Oh, to live peaceful and quiet lives. I urge you then, first of all, the petitions, the prayers, that intercessions, the thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, for those that are in authority, that we may live quiet and peaceful lives. In all godliness and holiness, we pray. For those that are around us, we intercede. Why? For the sake of getting what we want? No, for the sake of living as kingdom citizens, living lives that bring the shalom of God into existence in this present life, that we are godly. Do what we see him doing, that we are wholly consecrated unto him. My friends, please make your petitions, say your prayers, intercede for one another. Pray in thanksgiving for all people. Well, what is intercession? What is it? Well, intercession essentially is a type of prayer, right? It's a subset of prayer, right? There's this big idea overarching. This is what prayer is. And, and, and people that like to do these kinds of things, um, right, subdivide uh, the, the idea and the practice of prayer out. And there's all kinds of ways that they describe different types of prayers. But, but intercession seems to be a subset of prayer that is others-focused. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Is when we intercede, we necessarily are praying for others. We're praying for people that are in need in one way or another, right? And it could be all kinds of things. It could be financial need. It could be physical need as far as their health is concerned. It could be emotional. It could be spiritual, right? It's this idea that we pray for others. And sometimes, my friends, intercession means praying for those who may not be in a place to even pray for themselves. I'll never forget my dear friend Mary when she lost her first husband. She nearly lost her faith. And her mother, Grandma Maureen, 
when Mary found herself in this space where she she couldn't pray, where she couldn't she 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 didn't even feel she she felt like all that she could do was to keep herself from just flying apart at the seams on a daily basis. She went to her mother and she confessed that she felt like she might be losing her faith and with great wisdom and with a woman with with the wisdom that only one who has walked through the deep waters of pain and suffering, Grandma Marine looked at Mary and she said, It's okay. In this moment, allow my faith to be enough to carry both of us. Because I'm praying for you. You see, intercession is that, friends. It's, it's coming alongside people who find themselves broken and needy. And people who, who may look at us. And, and instead of being aghast or scandalized at the fact that says, I don't know whether I'm buying this thing anymore, this Jesus thing, this church thing. I don't know whether I'm buying it anymore. It's to wrap them in arms of love and say, and the beautiful thing about Jesus is that you don't have to believe in him for him to believe in you. Intercession, my friends, is a necessary pastoral work that follows in the out of the priestly function of mediation. In the Old Testament, the work of the priest was really interesting, right? So, so in the Old Testament, you have three main uh, uh, sort of leaders in Israel. You have the prophet who speaks for God, right? So uh, wild hair, a lot of times unshaven, unbathed, comes down from the mountain and says, Thus saith the Lord. And the people are like, We don't like you. And the prophet's like, I don't care. And they go back up in the mountain. You had the king who uh, was, was there to, to, to mediate between the people, to, to sort of structure the, the civil society in a way that would bring honor and glory to God. But you had the priest who, whose function was to stand in the middle between the people and God, to bring the people to God, to go into his presence, to make sacrifices, to make pronouncements, to uh, do the things that would bring people from a state of being unclean to a state of being clean. When we pray for one another, my friends, whether or not we hold a title or whether or not we have an office, when you pray for someone else, you step into a priestly function that all believers are invited into. Oh, Dennis, I'm not a leader. Oh, Dennis, I'm not, I, I couldn't get up and I, I can't speak. Oh, Dennis, I'm not a teacher or I'm not this or I'm not that. But the reality is, friends, is some of the most powerful believers that I have ever met aren't people that felt comfortable up on this stage, but it were the people who found comfort in being on their knees. Never think that you can't do anything because you, I'm going to see this a little more fully here in just a few minutes. You, through the finished work of Jesus, have been invited into a space to pray for one another. Intercession, my friends, is an incarnational work. It's a work of presence. It's a work of being there for people. It's a, it's a work whereby we do what we see God himself has done for us and now he does it through us. When we pray intercessory prayers, my friends, we, we walk in the footsteps of Jesus. We're going to, you can 
jot these down, but a couple of examples. Um, in, in addition to uh, the John 17 passage that we looked at, a couple of other passages are Luke 21, uh, specifically 31 and 32, and then Luke 23, verse 34. We see that, that Jesus prays for those that God has given him. 21 verses 31 and 32 specifically he is speaking to Simon, Simon Peter and he says Simon, Simon Satan has asked to sift you as wheat what in the world does this mean well, well, when you, you sift wheat right? He, to, to break you down to, to make you into something different to, 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 to literally beat the snot out of you and then to throw you around that's what Satan has asked to do. But what does Jesus say to Peter? He says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. You see, here's the thing, folks. Peter failed a lot. Peter did a lot of things wrong. But at his core, at the very ground, what was the thing that was most telling about Peter is that in the end, Peter was a good repenter and that his faith, though it faltered and though it was, was not always sturdy and steady, it did not fail. And Jesus says this, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. You see, Jesus prayed for Peter knowing that he wasn't going to, to be who Peter thought he was going to be. And he prayed. He prayed that he would become the man that God knew that he would be. When we pray intercessory prayers, my friends, we walk in the footsteps of Jesus. For in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Any idea where Jesus is and what he's doing when he prays this prayer? He's hanging on a cross. Do you have any idea who he's praying this prayer over as he's hanging on the cross? The people who nailed him there. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And then they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Friends, here we, we, we see something that is, is deep and robust true about our Savior and something that I must confess is not so true about me. You see, Jesus prayed for his disciples and it's easy to pray for the people that, that love me and adore me and follow me around. Jesus prayed for us and quite frankly it's easy to pray for the nameless and faceless people that, that may come after us. Jesus prayed for the sick and the sinful and the needy and I've got to be honest in, in my life those are the people that are easy to pray for. It's easy for me to pray for someone that is sick and, 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 and it's easy for me to pray for someone that is sinful or someone that is, that is in need. Jesus prayed for Jerusalem. He prayed for his tribe. He prayed for his people and that's that's not so hard for me either, is to pray for the people that sort of are like me, my friends, my family, the people that I go to church with. But Jesus also prayed for those who crucified him. And this is where it gets a little bit more tender for your pastor. Can I pray for those who, as the scripture says, despitefully use me? Can I pray for those who are my enemies? Can I pray for those who, quite frankly, I don't like them. I don't like the looks of them. I don't like what they do. I don't like how they treat me. 
I don't like what they say about me. I don't like how they smell, how they dress, how they walk, how they act. Are you getting the picture here? Yeah. <laughs> right? I've got a lot of problems with people. And if you know that Jerry Stiller delivered that line in Seinfeld, you are my people. <laughs> See, but Jesus prayed, right? When we, my friends, pray, not just for the people it's easy to pray for, but for the people that provoke us, then, then, my friends, we walk in the footsteps of Jesus. When we pray, even for those that we love, right? And that's the thing. It's like Jesus prayed for all of these, these people. But, but, but this is the work of the Christ. This is the work of those who intercede in his name. Intercession, my friends, is the present and the eternal work of the Holy Trinity. Romans chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 7 talk about this. Romans chapter 8 verses 26 through 34 says this. It says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with, there, there it is, the will of God. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Hebrews 7.25 says this. It says, Now there, there have been many of those priests since death prevailed from them continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, ever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he always lives to intercede for them. My friends, have you ever been in a situation where you just didn't have the words to pray? You found yourself at a loss, right? It may have been, it may have been due to pain. It may have been uh, due to the situation. But you, you, you came to the Lord and you knew that you ought to pray. And you knew that there was something that was going on in your heart. You knew that you were desperate to cry out and to communicate to the Lord something. But in that very moment, you didn't have the words to say. Maybe in that moment when you opened your, your mouth, you just began to sob. Maybe you couldn't even hold a coherent thought. Maybe you found yourself in great need and the only thing that you could utter was simply the word, please. Please. The only thing that, that lay behind that word was this unbelievable unction that you were pleading, pleading for someone to do something that you could not do for yourself. You see, here's the miracle of those moments, my friends, is that having been for the last several decades in a position where prayer is part of the job, is that there have been times in my life and my ministry where you show up into a specifically painful season of life and the only thing that you have to say is please. 
where the prayer that you utter to yourself is that the Lord would somehow fill your mouth. But in those, those dark moments, those personal moments, even when we don't have the words to say, this is the gift that the Holy Trinity gives to us. Is that, my friends, when we pray those desperate, heartfelt, wordless prayers, the Scripture tells us that the Spirit translates the intentions of our hearts that even our minds cannot untangle. And God in us takes those pleas to the Son who sits at the right hand of the Most High. And the Spirit communicating as He has done eternally with the Father and with the Son goes to Jesus and says, your little brother, your little sister is in trouble. And they can't even formulate the words that they want to say. But we know that language is something that we created for them as a good gift. And so here is what is on their heart and the it takes that to the Son, and the Son, according to his eternal mediating work, leans over to his left. This is all my, in my mind's imagination, you guys. I don't know that this really, really happens. But the Son gets this from the Spirit, and he takes it. They knowingly wink at one another, and Jesus turns to his left, to the Father... He cups his ears around the creator and judge of all with whom he is one and has eternally been so. And he begins to whisper in the ear the prayer that the Spirit has prayed for us that we can't pray for ourselves. And so in that moment, that please, that please is taken by the Spirit of God to the Son of God who takes it to the Father, the Holy Trinity living in perfect unity and the Son does something amazing. He takes our plea and he prays it in accordance to God's will. When we pray, my friends, when we intercede, we join in the eternal relational dance of the Holy Trinity. When we pray, even when we don't have the words, the Spirit translates our utterances. And the Son, the Son, when we pray according to His will, translates our our thoughts and intentions to God according to his will. Intercession is the present eternal work of the Holy Trinity. And intercession, my friends, is a relational and participatory dance between the creature and the creator. This, this takes off of what we've said in this last, this last movement as well. But folks, here's... The beautiful thing is that the Gospels tell us, the synoptics specifically tell us, that we are invited to ask. Because we are God's children, we get to ask. We get to ask for what we want. We get to pray and 
ask God to do the things that we would like for him to do, knowing and trusting that the Spirit and the Son know what they're doing. So we're invited to ask, but we're also invited in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we're invited to boldly approach See, one of, the, one of the difficulties about intercession from a human perspective is that oftentimes we come and we are hopeful and we are praying and we want God to answer in a certain way. Let's be honest, right? We're told to ask for what we want and we do and then when we don't get what we want or what we think we want in the way that we want it, we end up being disappointed, don't we? Don't just stare at me, it's true. <laughs> I remember... Um, being a 13-year-old boy, my 13-year-old my um, self, I, I asked um, what I wanted for my birthday present that year is I wanted a, a mandolin. Um, I know, right? I'm that nerdy. And, uh, and, and my parents uh, were in just a position where they couldn't afford a mandolin, so they got me a fishing rod. And I remember in, in that moment as a 13-year-old boy being as disappointed and dejected as I been in my entire life because I got a good gift given to me in love. Sometimes prayer is like that, isn't it? We're told to ask for what we want, we do, and then God says, hey, I know you wanted this mandolin, but here's a fishing rod. You see, here's the, here's the funny thing is that, folks, the reality is that God gets to decide how he answers. But the beauty of intercession isn't that we get what we want. The beauty of intercession is that regardless of the answer that God gives, we get access. We get access and we get presence. Not presence as in, hey, here's a fishing rod, but presence as in, hey, here's me. You see, friends, intercession isn't about checking items off of a do list and it's not about getting what we want, nor is it about receiving the answer that we think we deserve. Intercession is about... Well, it's about love. It's about obedience. It's also about surrender. As much as anything else, it's about standing in the gap for others. Because when we do that, we follow the way of Jesus. It's about carrying someone whose strength has given out. But not just carrying them somewhere, carrying them into the presence of God. It's about giving the enemy someone else to shoot at. You see, friends, I, I think this is, this is the thing. Intercession just isn't a type of prayer. Intercession, as much as anything else that we as Christians do... Well, it's embodying the way of Jesus... When we intercede, we stand between. When we intercede, we lift others up. When we intercede, we boldly ask. We also faithfully trust. We understand that we won't always get what we ask for. But that we trust that God will be with us through it all. As the worship team comes to get our, our last song, um, 
There are several, several stories in my life that, that I thought about telling today and I crossed them out because honestly folks, the, the best stories I have about intercession, well they, they end up with me getting what I want. And I don't know that that's the point. I'm thankful. Right? I'm thankful for, for the moments, for the times where God showed up and he did miraculous and wonderful things. But sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Sometimes we pray and the answer that we get is in accordance with God's will, but it still isn't what we want. And that's tough for us to handle. But the interesting thing with that, you guys, is that even in that space, Jesus isn't asking anything of us that he didn't take on himself. One of the last prayers that Jesus prayed, he was in a garden and he said, Father, if there's any way that this cup from, can pass from me. Hey, I'd rather not do it this way. And my friends, the, the, the funny thing is, is that, that so often, right, some of the things that we learn, some of the most powerful moments of, 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 of ministry that we're allowed to do come from having walked through places of pain and hurt ourselves. That prayer that Jesus prayed, Lord, let this cup pass from me, was a prayer that had God answered the way in that moment Jesus wanted. would affect what we do this morning, would it not? Jesus was on the way to the cross and he knew that that was, was God's plan. Because my friends, what we do today by gathering around the Lord's table, what we do by remembering his death, his burial, his resurrection, is we remember the greatest act of intercession in human history. that day that Jesus stood in the gap for us. When Jesus prayed, not just with his words, but with his actions. See, his words said, Father, if there's any other way to get this done. But his body said, not my will, but yours be done. So, for the sake of love, the Savior. The Savior took the middle position between an estranged father and a wayward child. The one who knew no sin became sin. He bridged the gap. He tore down the veil that separated humanity from the presence of God represented in the temple. He, invite, he invited his people, my friends, he invites us to come home.
today. That's, that's what we're reminded of. It's that Jesus' great work or act of intercession was an invitation to come home. To come home and to pull up a chair. To pull up a chair to the table. To be in community and to be loved. If, if the elders and Pastor Corey would come forward at this time. My friends, today, today let's remember this great act of intercession that God has accomplished for us. That he would do again in us and through us and for us the work that he has already accomplished in his body. Friends, if you'd come forward. Take a tray, take a... There we go. Michelle and Joe, if you guys could go over here. Gina, Nick in the center. Corey, Debbie, if you guys could go over on the right-hand side. That'd be great. Paul, uh, Paul says this to us, to the church of Corinth, and he says, For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks. When he prayed. He broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me, and in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. My friends, we can't really intercede for those that are around us until we get grips with the fact that we have been interceded for. We're not asked to do anything that Jesus hasn't already done. That he's come and he's broken his body. He has given his blood and that he answered. Right, that, that, that prayer was, was answered by the Father. Not necessarily, Lord, let this cup pass from me. But it wasn't answered the way Jesus wanted it to in the moment. But boy, it was answered exactly the way we needed it to be answered, wasn't it? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And... Uh, also, if any of you need gluten-free bread, it's up here behind Nick, so you can reach behind him and you can get that. Thank you. Oh, or he's going to hold it. Thank you. Folks, we're going to pray. And um, I know there's a lot of us that are carrying a lot of things um, right now. There's family things and there's job things and there's stress things and there's anxiety things there's all kinds of things that are going on but as we come today let us be reminded that Jesus not only has prayed for us 
with his words, but he's prayed for us with his body, that we get the opportunity to come around the table and to testify of his goodness and his grace. And so as you come today, the, the servers will present the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. You can take that. You can go back to your seat. You can take those elements. You can get up, come off to the side. You can take them up here. Um, but as you come to this table, be reminded that Jesus has stood in the gap. That he has made a way. So Father, I now pray for my friends. I pray that you would be with us this morning, that you would meet us in this space, God, and that you would communicate your love in a way that would be tangible and experiential to all of us. Father, I thank you this morning for all that you've done and all that you are doing. And Lord, I, I acknowledge the fact that there are many among us. Lord, I, I just, I, I, I think of of so many that are struggling in so many different ways. And Lord, I, I pray this morning that you would provide provision for those who, who need it by the way of, of jobs or, or financial provisions. Lord, I, I pray for those that are experiencing pain and heartache and loss, whether that would be a, a physical battle that they're facing or, or someone that they love, Father, is is struggling. Lord, I, I pray for those that are not just struggling physically, but maybe mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Father, and I pray that, that you would just join them in that space and provide hope and provide healing, provide encouragement. Father, we pray for these elements today that we would be reminded of the great price you prayed paid and the great prayer you prayed. So Father, our hope is in you. Jesus, we have access because of you. Spirit, take the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. It's in the mighty and holy name we pray. Amen. Come to the table.
one stand together. It's never been about performance or perfection or striving for acceptance. Let me tell you, it's only by the blood. It's never been about deserving or earning. It's a gift that's freely given. Let me tell you, it's only by the blood. Does anybody want to be holy, righteous, purified, and spotless? Let me tell you, it's only by the blood. Does anybody want to be worthy, forgiving, justified, really living? Let me tell you, it's only by the blood. your grace your mercy poured out for us how we love you forever here on earth into heaven I've been washed from the inside I've been washed from the inside out generous your blood poured out for us how precious how generous your remember you've paid it in full you've paid it in blood you've paid it for Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, says the Apostle Paul, the worst of sinners, 
Christ Jesus might display his immense presence as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. And God's people said, Amen. Go in his peace.